I want you to express yourself to God. Express yourself to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 9, the Bible says that God's delight is his people. He delights in us. Let us show him that we delight in him also. Express your heart in worship to God this evening. Express your heart in worship to him this evening. He's our God. He's the one with whom we have to do. If indeed his presence is heaven to us, let us express to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Our Father, we are grateful to you, God. Lord, your presence indeed, oh God, is what we desire, is heaven to us. Our hearts cry today, oh God, is I will see you. Our hearts cry today, oh God, is I will conform to the image of your Son. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, chosen vessel. Please reach out, bring out your Bibles. We're going to take our Bible affirmation together. Say with me, this is my Bible. It is God's inner and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. And therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head, by diligent study, store it in my heart, by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing its teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness. Hereafter, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Please, you may warmly be seated. Now, I want you to please help me welcome your brother to your left, to your right, to your welcome to this evening's study. Glory be to God. Amen. You know, this is the third Tuesday in a month. Amen. We're continuing on signs of a maturing believer. And we're taking our text from Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to verse 11, which is a prayer that Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Philippi. This is a fundamental prayer that reveals seven different things about a Christian that is growing. If you want to know whether you are growing, this is a litmus test for your life. This is how to test to know if your life is actually increasing as a Christian and if you are adding growth to your longevity in church. I've said severally, longevity in a Christian gathering it does not necessarily translate to growth unless you apply yourself to the teaching you receive the teaching, apply yourself to the teaching, and teach others what you have known also. Then you'll begin to see these things in your life. 
Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we come before you as your people today. Please open up this word to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, from verse 9 to 11, I read from the King James Version. King James. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more, in knowledge and in all judgment. Verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Amen. You know, last week we saw from the introductory teaching, from based on what we can learn from this text, that the first mark or sign that you as a Christian, you are actually receiving the teaching of the word of God, and the teaching of the word of God is bearing fruit in your life, is that your love will begin to be expressed. The expressions of your love will show in terms of your love growing, your love increasing, you walking in love, your love work getting better. You consider or you approach circumstance or situation in life based on the fact that the master has commanded us to love. And you have zeroed in your mind that the word of God is the final authority in your life and that you are going to walk in love. There is no love without the word of God. There is no love without prayer. You pray for yourself and you pray for the brethren. And particularly anyone in particular that you are having a challenge with your love work with, make that person a subject of your prayer and you will see the changes that will begin to come. The love that we are talking about as described by the Apostle Paul, the word in the text that he used is agape. Agape is described in scripture as God's kind of love. God's kind of love. And last week we saw four qualities or the essence of this love being manifested in our lives. The first thing we say is that love is what? A decision. A decision. Love is a decision. You decide to love because you have been commanded to love. Because you have received the commandment, it means you have the capacity to love. The second thing we saw last week is that love is not just an emotion. No. Yes, there will be expressions of emotion. But agape goes beyond emotion. Agape is actually commitment. You are being committed to the word of God and committed to the brotherhood. Commitment. The third thing we saw about agape is that agape is not an adjective, it's a verb. Verbs are action words, things we put in practice. Apostle Paul or James said, if only with your mouth you say, I love, I love, or I have faith, show me your faith by your actions. Are you following me? So the same thing with love. Love must be acted out. Love must be demonstrated. We said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
We said God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. God always did something about love. And we as God's children, who actually show that we love, it's not by mouth. We must do something in the direction of expressing the love we have. Praise the Lord. The fourth point we said about this kind of love is that by the Spirit of God, it has been lavishly poured forth in our hearts. Amen. So you can't say, I can't love, because I've not been taught to love. If you are exposed to the Word of God, the seed of love was put into you the day you got born again. And so you have the capacity to love. Apostle Paul, like I said, described this God's love as agape. Agape and the believer, how do we know? Can we have Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 again on screen? Verse 9 only. Okay. I want us to read it together, everybody. One, two, go. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Can you give it to us in the Passion Translation and then the King James Translation? Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, Passion Translation. I continue to pray for your love to grow. As a child of God, you don't just pray about love once. It should be a continuum every day. Lord, help me to love as you have commanded me to love. Particularly, brother, so-so and so-and-so, sister, so-so and so that I'm having challenge with. Lord, your love that is in my heart, let it be expressed for. And see what the Bible says here. I continue to pray for your love to grow. For your love to grow. Can something that is not already planted, can it grow? So it means that that love has already been planted in you. You have the capacity to love. Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says that for God, if you read it from the Amplified text, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who God has given to us. Now, please go back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Hear me. It says there that, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. The love that God has given to you is elastic. It can keep growing and growing and growing. And beloved of God, because it is God that has put it in your heart, it means that the capacity to, for it to grow has also been made available to us. Whatever makes your faith to grow will make your love to grow. Whatever makes your love to grow will make your faith to grow. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Love is also sown in you by the word of God. Love grows in you by the word of God. How do I ensure that as a believer, the love of God that is already in me begins to grow? How do I ensure the first point for me to ensure that God's love that is in my heart begins to grow and that in practical terms is that I must acknowledge the fact that 
Because I am born again, I have the capacity to love. Are you following me? It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the things that are thrown at me. As a born again child of God, I do what? I have the capacity to love. If I have the capacity to love, and I'm having a challenge of love, what does that mean to me? It simply means that I am losing sight of the things that make for my love to abound. And what is the first thing that makes my love to abound is my consciousness. What is my consciousness? What are the things I think about? What are the things I see? What are the things that enable me to be me? In my waking up and my right, how, how do I see myself? If I can keep the love of God constantly before me, it doesn't matter where I am coming from. I discover that I will begin to be transformed into the image of what I'm seeing. My consciousness. How do I build my consciousness to be active in the expression of the love of God? We have said faith comes by the word. Faith grows by the word. It means that if I receive the word of God in my heart, in building the consciousness for the world to produce in my life, I must learn the place of meditating on the word of God. Meditation. Meditation keeps it in view for me. Praying concerning the love of God in my heart keeps it in view for me. Talking about the love of God, I am a product of love. I walk in love. I cannot harbor bitterness in my heart. When you begin to, the Bible says, the communication of your faith becomes activated as you acknowledge every good thing that is in you. The step to acknowledging is to say, look, I'm a child of God. There is love in my heart. What I'm doing is actually to put the love of God before me. I meditate on the word of God. What is meditation? And I told us, I think it was two weeks ago, in meditating on the word of God, some of us are not used to the concept of meditation. You don't need to kill yourself about it, but begin where you are right now. All you need to do, take a quiet place. It could even be on your bed. It could be as you are driving. The Bible says, in the beginning, let's even use Romans chapter 5 verse 5. The love of God has been shared abroad in my heart. I want the image of love to be constantly before me. Because the thing is this. We tend to gravitate as human beings to what we are constantly seeing. Are you following me? When a man and a woman who probably don't look like themselves at the beginning... When they stay together for so long, after a while, what happened? You begin to see some semblance between them. How it happens, I don't know. But there is that change that begins to show forth. Now, when I want to meditate on that scripture, 
I don't need too many scriptures to meditate on at, on any time. The first thing I said about it is create that consciousness. Meditation. You have prayed about it. Meditation is another thing you must do. The love of God has been shared abroad in my heart. Lie on that your bed. Close your eyes maybe so that you will not be distracted. If it is in the night, don't put on the light. Just sit down quietly. Lord, thank you. I'm a product of love. The love of God has been poured forth in my heart. Just keep saying it to yourself. The love of God has been poured forth in my heart. The love of God is in my heart. The love of God is the operating principle of my life. You see, when you begin meditation on the word like that, some adjectives will be coming from your spirit. When they come, give it expression. Give it expression. As I'm meditating on love, that the love of God has been shared in my heart by the Holy Spirit. The source of love in my heart is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has implanted his love in me. The Holy Spirit can love anybody. Therefore, I can also love anybody. I am downloading the love of God into my spirit man now. The love of God is the operating principle in my life now. You know, as you begin to say those things, you say to your hearing, you don't need to shout. You say, the first day it could be for 15 minutes. Leave it and go. Don't stress yourself on it. But the power in that is your constancy, your constant repetition, your constant saying it. You are going to pray, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. Because, brethren, if you are going to experience grace in this kingdom, you must walk by love. If you are going to cause your faith to grow, you must walk by love. Because the Bible says, faith walketh by love. Any other thing, Jesus said, look, the only thing I want you to do after I'm gone is that you will love each other as I have loved you. Jesus is the standard of our love. And as I begin to declare this day in, day out, create special time. It could even be my break time in the office. I want us to go and practice this thing. Father, thank you. And while you are meditating, what, as the adjectives begin to come from your inner man, give them expression. Give them expression. Give them expression. The first one month, it may not even be obvious to you that there is any change going on in your heart. Just give it expression. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says so mightily grew the word of God in the city of Ephesus and prevailed. Acts chapter 19 verse 20. Why? Because for 27 months, Apostle Paul kept saying it. Why am I saying this? If love is not granted in your heart, you cannot grow as a Christian. If you are not walking in love, your prayers cannot be heard. If you are not walking in love, your fellowship with your fellow man will also be affected. If you are not walking in love, it will be easy for you to backbite. It will be easy for you to dishonor. It will be easy for you to walk in disrespect. Love is a protection. No wonder Apostle Paul, in praying for them, began to say, I pray. He didn't say, I pray that God will give you love. No, no, no. If you are born again, part of what comes with that package is the love of the Holy Spirit. 
is that your love will abound. As you begin to do this, you see that you begin to have depths in your confessions, depths in your meditation. Before you know it, things will begin to turn. Gradually, things will begin to shift. And when you look back and try to connect the dot, you will wonder how you got to where you are right now. Beloved of God, nothing can be achieved in this kingdom without love. So it becomes important that we are established in love. In the love of God, love unto God, and love to our fellow brethren. The Apostle Paul John said, you cannot say you love God when your brother or your sister that you, you are seeing, you are not loving. You are in bitterness. You cannot share what you have. Beloved of God, the love of God in your heart is a liberating power from God. The love of God in your heart is what will bring promotion to you. And so, one of the cardinal ways to grow in the love of God is by being conscious of the love of God. How do I get conscious of the love of God? I pray myself into love. I keep love before me, consciousness. And how do I do it? I meditate on it. The third way of growing in love is to speak love. To speak love. To speak love. Look for scriptures that have to do with love. Declare it. Tell that brother, that sister, you know you're a child of God. And as a child of God, I love you with the love of the Lord. You are sending a message, send it. I love you with the love of the Lord. The love of God has been shared abroad in my heart. And so, towards you, I walk in love. If he has offended you, don't wait for him to come and repent. Tell him, because I love you as God has loved me, I forgive you. It might even be very cantankerous to come and tell you, what do you mean? What did I do? Did I apologize? You don't need his apology. Because God did not wait for your apology before he forgave you. Do you understand me? You are a child of God. Praise the Lord. The Philippian church demonstrated their love. Not just to Apostle Paul, but to themselves. For example, when Apostle Paul encountered Lydia in Acts chapter 16, I'd like to read it from the Passion Translation. Acts chapter 16 from verse 14. I'll read 14, 15, then I'll jump to the last verse, verse 40. He says, one of them, one of those people that got converted from the ministry of Apostle Paul, she was a Gentile, but she had heard about the God of the Jews. Now, a businesswoman from the city of Tiatira, who was a dealer of exquisite purple cloth and a Jewish convert. Did you see that? While Paul shared the good news with her, God opened her heart to receive Paul's message. Verse 15. She devoted herself to the Lord, the love of God. And we baptized her and her entire family. Afterward, she urged us to stay in our home. Love comes with sharing. If you have a tendency to always hold, 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 and maybe collect from people, collect from people, no sharing, I want you to know, the address it in your life is not of God. So she said here, 
She urged us to stay in her home. It was not Paul alone, no. It was a company of people that were traveling with Paul. At least Paul was there, Silas was there, Timothy was there, and two or three other people were there with him. She took care of them, fully burdened them. Why? What did she say? She said, since I am now a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. So we were persuaded to stay there. She provided full burden for them. And you see, the story goes, one of the things that changed the Philippian church, they were already working in love, but this particular woman, she began to support the ministry of Apostle Paul. This woman and this church was one of the single reasons why Apostle Paul ceased from being a tent maker to concentrate fully in the work of the ministry because of the ministry of this woman and the ministry of this church. And of course, you see all the things that came out of it. Verse 40, quickly. Verse 40. It says, so Paul and Silas left the prison and went back to Lydia's house where they met with the believers and comforted and encouraged them before departing from that place. They had to depart because there was a reason. And we'll get back to that shortly. Now, if it was just this isolated incident about somebody in this church, we'll say that it was just the nature of the woman. But let's look at the jailer. The person that, you know, the, the Bible says Paul and Silas, they prayed, they sang, the Holy Ghost came down, there was earthquake and everything. That man, let's read about him. The same Acts of Apostles chapter 16. I'll read 23 to 24, then I'll jump to 33. When the man got converted, hear what happened. And after they were severely beaten by the authorities, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. Verse 24. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Then in the night, in that condition, they sang, they prayed, they sang, and there was an earthquake in that place. Verse 33. When he had gotten born again, with the love of God is in his heart, the Bible says, even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. He took care of them. Then he and all his families were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. Why? Because of love. Beloved of God, can you share what God has give, given you with another? In this church, some of us have shoes we have not worn in one year. Because you have discarded them, because you have not worn them, after a while they begin to deteriorate. There are some bags and bags you have you have not used. Why don't you bring it? Let some, somebody is praying for what you are not using. Let God use you to answer that prayer. Show some love. Praise the Lord. When there was hostility against Paul, that after Paul and his team, that is in Acts chapter 16 verse 40, the hostility was serious, and they had to get out of town. See what the believers did for them from that Philippi. So you know that we have three witnesses to show that these people were loving people. They cared for each other. They cared for the servants of God in their midst. They didn't care uh, uh, how much it was going to cost them. 
but they were concerned about the comfort of their brethren and particularly God's servant in this place. Acts chapter 17, I'll read verse 5, verse 8 to 10. Still the Passion Translation. It says, But many of the Jews were motivated by bitter jealousy and formed a large mob out of the troublemaking on savory character and street gang to incite a riot. They, this was what happened that they were beaten and locked up in the first place. So he's giving a review here. They set out to attack Jason's house, for he had welcomed the apostles into his home. The mob was after Paul and Silas and sought to take them by force and bring them out to the people. They wanted to beat and kill them. The next verse, okay, verse 8. Their angry shouts steered up the crowd. The angry shout of the mob steered up the crowds and troubled the city and all its officials. Verse 9. So when Paul and Silas came before the leaders of the city, they refused to let them go until Jason and his men had posted bail. Verse 10. That night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to the city of Berea, where they once again went into the synagogue to continue teaching. And of course, we are told the believers in Berea were different from those there. Beloved of God, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, is another witness of what this church continued to do to the ministry of Paul the Apostle. 16, he says, when I was in Thessalonica, Paul had left that region and moved to another region. This church, they kept supporting him. He says, you supported me for well over a year. They kept giving to him again and again, according to the King James Bible. Even in the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, he says, but concerning brethren for all Christians, you have no need to have anyone write to you. Because it was evident that they loved. Beloved of God, if we love ourselves in this house, it will show. It will show. If we are concerned for each other, it will show. Not each person concerned about his own thing alone. He says, but concerning brotherly love for all other Christians, you have no need to have anyone write to you. For you yourself have been personally taught by God to love one another. The next verse, quickly. And indeed, you already are. That is, extending and displaying your love to all brethren throughout Macedonia. But we beseech and earnestly exhort you, brethren, to do what? To excel in this matter more and more. That their love will keep growing more. These people were already on top of their game. Apostle Paul is saying, let your love abound, increase, expand, grow more and more. Praise the Lord. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, Apostle John wrote, 1 John 3, 14, he says, we know that we are passed out of death into life. One evidence that will show that you are truly born again, that eternal life is working in you, the life of God is in you, is that you will love the brethren, our fellow Christians. He says, who, who he, who does not love, abides, that is, remains, or is held, kept continually in spiritual death, one sure sign that you are born again is the love of God in your heart for the brethren. We're not talking about loving God. Because Apostle John had said, or James said, if your brother you see, it was Apostle John that said it, 
If your brother you see, you don't love, how can you now tell us that you love God? And Apostle John is telling us here that one evidence to show that you truly love God is that you love the brethren. Let me read again 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. 1 John 4, 7 to 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is or springs from God. He who loves his fellow man is begotten, born of God. Telling us there, the evidence that you are a Christian, you are born again, is that you love. And is coming progressively to know and understand God. Without walking in love, you cannot truly really know God. If you are not walking in love, you can't understand the ways of God. That is to perceive, recognize, and get a better and clearer knowledge of him. Verse 8. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God. That is, does not know and never did know him. For God is love. Praise the Lord. God is love. God is love. Beloved, bow your heads where you are. Are you born again? Are you born again? The Bible says one sign that shows that you are born again, you are a child of God, is that the love of God works in your life. Is there anybody you are holding in one corner of your heart now? Tell the Lord. If you know the person, tell the Lord, I release this person today. I forgive this person today. I forgive this person. And you, if you know you have offended somebody, go and meet the person. Allow the pride to die. Say, brother, sister, I'm sorry. I did this. You didn't even know I did it. I did it. I'm sorry. Let the love of God begin to speak in your life now. Lord, search my heart. Without love being an evidence in my heart, it means I have not grown. I won't grow. I won't know God. If I don't walk in love to my brother or my sister that I'm seeing now, the Bible says it means I don't know God. And Father God, I want to walk I want to walk in the knowledge of you. I want to walk in the knowledge of you, O oh God. Talk to God today. Talk to God. Ask God to help you that your love will grow. If there is somebody you are having a love work challenge with, ask God also to help you. Ask God to help you that there will be a solid settlement, a solid recon reconciliation between you and that person. Make up your mind that as you live here today, you are going to flow in that reconciliation. Talk to God right now. Talk to God. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray that you help us. Love is a decision. The God kind of love is an action word. We have the capacity to love because this love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, help us to walk worthy of you in this regard. Unto all pleasing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want you to give God thanks for the word you have heard. This word will profit you in Jesus' name. Now, does anybody have, do we have questions? Somebody with a question? A challenge in your love work? And we, can they, we have the ushers get the microphones quickly. You want some clarification? Please, if you do, if you are there, can you lift up your hand wherever you are? Okay, there is one hand there. Please, if you are doing it, do it quickly. Is there anybody from this side? Yes, Praise Lord. the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, my, my question is with regards to um, loving someone despite um, all odds. Okay, I have a friend who said I offended him and unknown to me. But though I noticed that the relationship was no longer the way it used to be, and I walked up to him and called his attention to it. But he never said anything. I said, okay, what did I do wrong? He didn't say. And I kept asking. In fact, I prayed to God. I asked the Holy Spirit for strength and for help. How I was going to deal with it. And it got me very bitter. I went to some of his friends and even asked, please help me talk to this person. I don't know what I have done. And each time I go to him and ask him what I have done, he would just say, don't worry, forget about it. So in that case, what can I do? Because for me, I have done the best I know I can, but he's not listening in any way. Praise God. Can anybody answer from the pastor's corner? Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I would say that if the person is believer, church, we should follow what the Bible says. If your brother offends you, I mean, you're not the one that offended. If he's offended, if you have called him and refused to listen, you call one or two other persons, he refuses, take him to the elders of the church. If he refuses, according to the scripture, the Bible says you should treat such a person as a heathen. However, I think that loving somebody doesn't mean they won't respect their choices and their decisions. It's this love work is um, most importantly about our own fellowship with God. You know, when our conscience towards other people is clear, free from any form of whatever can create issues. So um, it doesn't mean that you would hate the person. You can love the person, pray for the person. One of the things I've found that you can use to test your love for people is to pray for them. People you can't pray for, if they hurt you, you say you are forgiven. Check if you can really pray for them. Not prayer of fall down and die. I'm talking about real prayer. Lord, bless, promote. If there's something shaking in your heart when you are praying, you need to also allow the Holy Ghost to work on your heart. 
So you can pray for the person because the Bible says if you see a brother committing a sin that is not unto death, you should pray for that person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, is he a Christian? He is. Good. You've received the answer now. Respect his decision. Having gone through all the scriptural protocol and he still decides to do it that way, leave him. You see him, smile, greet him, go. Don't expect that kind of fellowship you used to have together. Don't expect. But the test like you have had is to truly pray for him. You see him, you all. Because if he knows the word of God, he won't do what he's doing. And the devil is using as occasion to rob him. Don't let the devil use that as an occasion to also rob you. I also want to add a passage of scripture to it which directly does not deal with this subject but is also important for this subject. Uh, it can be applied. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. The setting is a marital situation. Situations in a home. Please, can we have it on screen? Uh-huh. I, I, look at this scripture. A situation... Let's even assume that he had said he's a brother and uh, two of them married or even a sister. It gets to a point in which he no longer respects the word of God and begins to do all kinds of things that are cantacross or opposed to the word of God. Once you get to this position, go and read First Corinthians chapter 7 down so that you can get the context well. Because of time... I just want to read this. When a believer gets to that point in which he does not respect your personal uh, apology, he does not respect an elder coming intervene or the intervention of the church, the Bible says you treat him as an heathen. And here he says, but if the unbelieving part, if the unbelieving depart, he wants to be on his own, let him be on his own. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to what? To peace. Do you understand me? If he wants to live his life like that, let him go. Let him live his life like that. But it is not for you to go and kill yourself over him or allow the devil to bring you under condemnation because of him in that situation. Do you understand me? I hope that is clear for everybody. The Bible says we should do all we can to be at peace with all men. Even that, the Bible knows that not, all, not everybody wants to be at peace with us. That's why he said, as much as you can, be at peace with what all men. Praise the Lord. Don't respect the decision, but don't allow the devil to bring you under condemnation because of that person's decision. Praise the Lord. I hope it is clear. Now, let's bow our head one more time. Is there anybody here that is not born again? You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I would love to pray with you right now. Maybe you are watching online. I want you to pray this prayer with me. You want to give your life to Jesus. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Lord, I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. He was raised for my justification and is seated at the right hand of God right now. I confess him as Lord of my life. In line with your word, Lord, receive me as your child today. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer at home or online, please call the numbers on screen there or drop us a message somebody will reach out to you. If in church here, please lift up your heads. If it's in church here, you pray the prayer. Please, I want you to see Pastor Fidelis O'Connor. Can you lift up your hand? The pastor in brown tie. 
he will be available to speak further with you. God bless you. Amen. Let's see.